Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining the Move podcast. My name's Scotty Carlisle. I'll be your host today and probably the next one, and I don't know, maybe a few more after that. Depends on how many more episodes. Um, today, we have a very cool guest, Aaron Zuniga. I met Aaron probably two or three years ago. He had a band, and they were playing something. It was like a military event that he was playing, and what a freaking musician the sounds that he was playing the songs that he was playing was very diverse he had like 80s to some new pop stuff and um anyway i just he sounded really good so wanted to get him to do um an event for me where we're doing a, a grand Lyme, opening Lyme disease. yep and it was yeah. for lyme disease uh-huh. That was a you remember, show. That was kind of an interesting. That was. Event. I got to. We got. You know. Everybody got to smash up a car, that one day. You know. And to this day, whenever I see someone like smashing up a car in a movie, I'm like, Hey, that feels great. I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was cool. We had a um, a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. and it was it was. Um, what were we? It was saying we were smashing the misconceptions. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was. It was smash the misconceptions of Lyme disease, mm-hmm. and then we had printed out things that said Lyme disease is curable, or Lyme di- or you know. And it was like on the car, right? Yeah. A sticker on the car. Yeah, yeah. and then basically, uh, who were we doing it for? You know, they could just get out all their aggressions mm-hmm. for these misconceptions, just smash the shit out of the car, mm-hmm. and we raised money for Lyme disease for her for the family. And a lot of we just had a good time between the the band. Yeah. I mean, smashing a car, mm-hmm. you don't get to do that yeah. every day. It was memorable. It was for a good cause, you know. It checked all the boxes. Yeah, it was cool. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so I've been talking to Aaron, you know, for a, ever since then on different things, and you know, he's quite the musician. And so I wanted to bring him on because he's got a a little trip planned, which I think is. Is a pretty interesting, uh, unique place in life where he's at a crossroads and he decided to take this road. And I think that you got to have big balls for the road that he's taking. And I just wanted to get it out there. And he's moving. So, Aaron, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so, like Scotty said, you know, uh, my name is Aaron Zuniga. My artist name is Aaron MX. Uh, I was in, in a band for about the last six years and stuff. Um, it was my full-time gig, you know, put money in the bank, put food on the table, and, and that was going well for a while and stuff, and um, it afforded me a lot of interesting opportunities, which was cool, but um, it also kind of, uh, you know, didn't let me express myself in, a, in the way that I wanted to, which was being a, a solo artist, so um, so recently I kind of found the courage to go and, and do my, my solo artist thing, you know, and um, so yeah, I... I recorded a whole album i wrote some songs and stuff i recorded it and put it out and um it's kind of on the strength of that that i that i discovered like you know i don't need i didn't i never needed other musicians or or other people to help me make this dream happen i really just needed to find the courage in myself to do it you know so that's kind of the whole spirit behind um the solo project thing and and then that kind of evolved into the moving to New York thing now. So I know you're moving to New York, and I know we're going to get into that. But I want to back up for a second, because mm-hmm. when you are right, I've tried to be more creative, and I've tried to, you know, but damn, it's hard. But yeah. to sit down and to focus and to actually do something, and, you know, I always have these desires to do things, that, I, but I just haven't taken, you know, that the proper action to make it happen. Yeah. And since I've known you, uh, you've launched several songs. Mm-hmm. How many songs have you written? Oh man, I don't even keep count anymore. It's probably it's not that many, you know. I'm no Paul McCartney or anything, but uh, I mean it's probably in the neighborhood of like 30, 30, 40 songs or so over my whole lifetime of of writing songs. You know, like maybe only half of those have been on albums and been recorded and been played on a stage. There's probably a whole album, maybe even two, of songs that I wrote way back when I was learning how to write music, how to make a song and stuff. Now, when you're writing a, a, a song, are you... So the songs that you have written, do they already have a melody attached to it? Or is it just the words? Or um, Yeah, that's that's a really interesting question because a lot of people, you know, most artists, they have their own kind of unique songwriting style and process. And um, I guess there's probably only so many processes that you can that you can utilize to write a song. But for me, my thing is, um, I always start with, with uh, a nice little chord progression, a nice set of chords that, that sounds interesting, sounds new in a way, you know. I really, um, 
I try not to be, um, you know, one of those artists where it kind of recycle uh, a melody or a beat or a, or something. I just try to keep it fresh, you know, which it keeps it hard. It keeps it challenging. And um, so I always start with a, a chord progression that I find interesting, and then I'll find I'll start humming along with it while I play it, and then some some words will jump into that into that humming melody, and and that's kind of how it how it happens for me. It's it's really organic. It's very hard to control. <laughs> it's like a superpower that I, you know, I'm a 16-year-old Spider-Man where I don't know how to shoot my webs yet, and every now and then I get too excited and shoot a web. So, uh, so yeah, sometimes the music will just kind of flow out of me without any control or say so from me, you know. So that's always interesting. But um, it gets frustrating sometimes because I wish I could sit down and say I'm gonna write a song now. Now, when you do, you prep yourself. To say, okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna write a song, and then do you sit down? Do you close everything else out, or is it just like you're watching the boob tube, and then you're like, uh, do you keep your guitar close, and then you just decide, have an urge, or how? How does that work? I'm I mean, just curious. That, that has happened a couple of times before. Um, you know, I'll just be watching something on TV, and usually it's something uh, that causes me grief. You know, it's something. It's got to be a deep, a, a, a well of emotion from which you pull out this music you can't just feel so so about something and be like oh, i'm going to write i'm going to write the song about smoking weed cuz i kind of like smoking weed <laughs> no it's like you got to love smoking weed if you're going to write a song about it you got to love you know the hum- human beings if you're going to write a song about about helping each other and stuff you you have to believe in this stuff so um you know there was there was a time when i was um i was watching tv and it was a couple years ago and there was some sort of uh, you know uh, sort of terrorist event happening in in Texas where some guy was like shooting people from like the top of a building and I saw that and I kind of like started weeping openly and I got this idea for a song and it just came from me it came out of me and uh, it's called generation of change and it's just about you know like how messed up the world is and and how if basically if anybody any of us want to see a change it's it's up to us to do it now not to just put it off for the next generation or we'll teach the kids we'll teach the children they're the future it's like no make a change now let's be the generation of change don't be a cop out yeah exactly Fuck up, don't, man don't up. do something up, you know so um so yeah there has been a couple of times where i'll just be watching tv and i'll have my guitar right there and and I, I grab it and I go sit outside and just a song just drops right out of me from somewhere. And then in order to catch that song, do you have a notepad or do you do you just remember it and then later you write it down? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, I've got guitars all over my house. You know, I, I got the guitars in my mom's house, my dad's. Wherever I am, there's music, there's musical instruments so I can capture a melody if I need it. Of course, every now and then, you're, you know, you're stuck in traffic or something or... One time I was hiking with my friends on a camping trip in the mountains and a melody came to me. So in those instances, you just bust out your phone and you just start humming into it, you know, and you get the melody down whatever way you can. That way, when you get to an instrument later, you can kind of plink it out, you know. So, um, yeah, it's, it is kind of about like like whenever inspiration strikes, you have to you just write it down or or start playing it. Or Do you think it comes from you or do you think it comes from another place? Honestly, I don't think it comes from me. I'm, I'm nothing but a vessel. You know, this this is channeled from somewhere in the universe through me. That's how I've always pictured it, you know? There's a old Persian poet named Hafiz. Oh, Hafiz. I love Hafiz. Yeah, and he says, I am but a hole in a flute from which Christ's breath blows. Wow. Hear my music. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's it. Just reminded me of now Christ, not Christ universe. Yeah, yeah. Where, wherever that is, and whatever you believe, mm-hmm. uh, whether you believe it or not, or whether I believe it or not, doesn't change what it is, mm-hmm. right? We all get into these semantics, and I know this, and uh-huh, uh-huh. you're wrong. My God, your God. No, it's a God. It's some higher, something, power, some divine purpose, you know. And why do you think it comes from you? Why do you think it goes through you? What What do you think is different about you? What that is open to that or I'm just curious um I have to credit my parents I think it was how I was raised um you know my my parents were were just huge music fans specifically Beatles and John Lennon like I was listening to John Lennon since I was in the womb you know and like uh the story goes that my parents um while I was still you know my mom was pregnant with me they went to a Santana concert and sat through the whole thing and then went and sat outside by like the exit for three or four hours afterward and he came out and they got to meet him and got his autograph so it's like i was just raised in a, an environment where music was was like 
was it was just held in such high esteem it was it became the thing that I that I wanted to do you know I guess that's what I have to say it's like my parents are the the ones that that showed me that music was one of the ways that I could contribute whatever I have in me to the universe to the world you know and let's say you wrote a song right and then you perform the song mm -hmm. it's complete you've done it you make a video about it a music video mm -hmm. right what feeling does that give you how could you try to elaborate on on that um, feeling yeah it is a really cool feeling you know you you uh, all, all the all the really superficial like I'm a rock star feelings they all melt away in that moment of creation you know when when you took this thing that only existed in your head that didn't exist in the real world and you plucked it out of the ether and you made it into something real something tangible there's almost no greater reward for a musician or for any artist I would think you know so yeah when I when I wrote a song and I recorded it and now we're working together and we're we're making a music video for it and now it's something that the whole world can enjoy with me like that's that is truly the reason why I'm here you know that that fills me with such um, such feelings of, of I would say I don't know for lack of a better word triumph you know it's like fulfilling the reason why you're why you were put here so and and now segueing that you have a trip mm -hmm. and so you've been here and there's been some trials and tribulations in yeah. having a band mm -hmm. and trying to make it that way so maybe can you talk about a couple things that you've you know slammed your head in a brick wall yeah um, have you ever actually slammed your head in a brick wall uh not yet today. okay good today. don't do that but it's there's not plenty of brick walls in new york city <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'll find some time <laughs> um yeah running a band was was you know it's weird it's a weird job because that's what it is you know and a lot of a lot of people in my past or people that i've met or you know acquaintances they've they've been like oh what's it like to not have a job and i'm like i don't know because i have a job you know <laughs> like running a band is running a business and um that's something i've come to realize in the last couple of years is like um i'm somewhat of a businessman you know i'm a businessman who 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 uh who indulges in uh in in all that this world has to offer you know but um but yeah, I'm a businessman. I'm running a business, so that would come with its its certain share of trials and tribulations. And I would think that the main one has been just trying to realize my dream with the help of others. Because I realize that nobody cares about my dream as much as I do. You know, so I have to it's find... Like, it's like you're an art dealer, mm -hmm. and you're dealing in fine art, but that fine art comes from a place that only you know mm -hmm. and your job is a salesperson and to let everybody else know mm -hmm. you know how to, to appreciate this art you can't touch you can't <laughs> feel you know you can't smell this you can't you can't find it it's not a physical thing that i'm selling so that it, that has presented its challenges for sure but what um, about as far as relying on people i know we we have to rely on people mm -hmm. but sometimes we rely on people and it is a learning lesson it have is. you had any situations like that yeah, um, you know, you, the whole being in a band is the you're relying on people to to make your dream happen. So you really got to choose wisely. You know, you really got to go out there and and find people who are passionate about what they do, so they can bring their passion to your passion, and you can share this passion. And now, you know, you're passionate about the same thing, and so that that really translates into almost every level of being in a band. You know, like finding your members, building your band. Now you have now you've written some songs. You got to go record them. You got to find a producer who is passionate about making music, so they, you know, add to your to your recordings and music videos and directors and producers. You want to find them people who are passionate, so that eventually it doesn't come to the point where you're like, hey, you know, like I got this great idea. I, I want to do this and this, and and what if we tried this? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, it's, but it's already done though. Let's just, you know, when people start taking shortcuts is when it really starts to teach you the lesson like oh yeah these nobody cares about this as much as i do you know so that's definitely one of the challenges involved finding people that are passionate that do care about about whatever it is that they're that they do you know what they contribute to the universe so um and then you know over time people will care less they will care a lot in a certain time and then over time people's investment starts to dwindle so you know Life happens. They Life got happens. kids. They exactly. got financial issues because mm -hmm. it's not like you, you know, if you're not 
a lot of people, there's a lot of bands out there, a lot of competition, mm -hmm. and the problem becomes how you're gonna make money. Yeah. So, so what is the financial, you know, how how much does somebody that in a band typically make, or if you well, know, how does that work? It varies and stuff. You know, there's there's a lot of purists around here who are who refuse to play covers and they don't want to play any other buddy's music and they only want to play their own stuff and there there's that's fine you know if that's what you want to do there's some there's some honor in that but really your goal should not be sticking your nose up at playing other people's music your goal should be playing music for you know and hopefully getting paid to do it and if you have to play a couple of covers here and there you know for me that's never been a problem that's how I've always managed to put money in my bank and food on the table is you know, I, I'll go out there and learn some covers and I'll put my own spin on them and then I'll go get a, a paid gig at a bar to play covers and then then I'll go play my originals in that cover. So at some point I'm getting paid to play my originals. At, you, know, <laughs> so like, you gotta you gotta take what you can where you can. It's almost like playing a cover is like a cliche. You know, cliches yeah. are are quotes that they're cliche. They're considered cliches for a reason because they have merit, they have meaning, and people mm -hmm. can relate to it because it's succinct and understandable. Yeah. Well, and you as a salesperson need to have cliches mm -hmm. so you can get your service and you know your commodity in front of other people that would potentially purchase your Definitely. your art. Definitely. So, so I think that would be. If I was an artist mm -hmm. in that capacity, I think that's definitely something that I would do because you know, um, sweet Caroline, oh, right? Yeah. How many people, yeah. if you go into a bar that is doing karaoke and mm -hmm. somebody sings "Sweet Caroline," the whole bar, holy shit, the whole bar. You and and then what happens is it pulls people together, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. it's familiar. And then you achieve that sense of magic that music brings. Yes. You know, like with somebody else's song, so. Did you lose out or did you achieve some magic? Right, and so. and it's like it's like you're casting a net, right? You're right. casting a net and you're bringing everybody in. And then when you have them in, yeah. that's when you play your music because you, you got them. Mm -hmm. And then they go, whoa, that was great, who wrote that? And you're like, I did. <laughs> they're like, great, great, here's some money, give me some music. <laughs> that's great. Do you have a CD so if you go play, you yeah. can sell your CDs? Yeah, yeah, I've got um, uh, Top Shelf Shake, the band I've been with for six years. We put out, um, we put out two EPs. Uh, which is EP like, is it's like a short playing album. It's not not a full length album. It's not ten or twelve songs. It's more like eight or seven songs. So uh, we put out two of those in about four years, and um, and yeah, I have I have those, and that's you know that's the that's the business model. You go and play for people, and then you sell them your music. You know, <laughs> like tale as old as time. Now, how if somebody wanted to to hear that music, where would they go? Uh, you would go to um, Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music or anything like that and just look up Top Shelf Shake. And um, I mean... Where'd I, that name come from? That name, uh, that came from Zach, the bass player, the founding member of the band, other than me. He was, um, we were, you know, shopping around for different names when we first put the band together. And uh, we, we had some, some not real winners at the beginning. <laughs> I think the one that we went with that I think is funny to this day is uh, The Lost Boys. When, and I was just like, oh, wait, that's a movie. Yeah, and it's already it's been done, movie, damn it. And we, we don't do anything like that at all. So, uh, I mean, at the time, we were we were just like little potheads from California, you know? And we were making music, and, and we realized um, one thing that kind of, that we wanted to do was be, was, was kind of dip our toes into every genre. We didn't want to be, like, cornered and pigeonholed into one genre. So we started writing blues songs and rock songs and ska songs and reggae, you know, and all this stuff. And we realized that um, that the stuff we played was like, like a little bit of the best of everything. And so kind of that, along with the, with the weed culture that we were into at the time, it kind of spawned Top Shelf Shake, which is open to interpretation. But what it mean, what it meant to us was that it was the best of it was like the best of a little bit of the best of everything. That's interesting because when I hear Top Shelf Shake, I'm relating it because I used to be a bartender, right? Mm -hmm. I'm relating it to Top Shelf Liquor okay. and shaking it whenever before you, you pour it, right? Okay. Like or James Bond shaking yeah. mustard or, uh -huh. or whatever. Any so I'm thinking that, <clears throat> and that's interesting because what you did, what you created, what you put out into the universe, you had a particular feeling whenever you put it out there. Mm -hmm. But me as a receiving, as a recipient. I take that and I process it through my own experience. Mm -hmm. And I have a completely different 
set of values that I get out of it than what you actually put out. Yeah. So it's interesting how many things are like that, or maybe a song that you wrote, mm-hmm. and it, it means a particular thing to you, mm-hmm. but then you put it out to the universe. And to- then people kind of derive their own meaning from it. And sometimes people will ask me, like, oh, is that what you meant? And rather than kill their mystery or kill the mystery, and I'm like, no, I didn't mean that. You took it wrong. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. You know, however you wanted to take it, that's however you interpreted it, that's how I meant it. So kind of is all-inclusive, you know? Yeah, it, it makes me think about when you boil down this thing called art, mm-hmm. right? We, that we all, I think, as human beings, we all have that capacity oh, yeah. of art. Mm-hmm. Now, art can mean a bunch of different things to a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. You, an artist, you know, under music and, and playing an instrument or singing or yeah. creating a poem or whatever that is, um, maybe it's me as doing a magic trick or you know being a public speaker or mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or whatever it is it's like art is a form of expression right yes. what are you expressing you're expressing emotion mm-hmm. and what i've seen as i've gone through this thing called life is that there are certain forces that we as human beings possess mm-hmm. emotion is a very powerful force and you can use that force in a bunch of different ways if you're angry and you want to like go kick somebody's ass Mm -hmm. you can use that to Mm -hmm. and get a lot of energy and expend a lot of energy if you want to connect with somebody you can use a story or you can use music to to basically finesse yourself into their heart Mm -hmm. And once you're there, now you have the connection. And now when you have the connection, that, I think, is the most important part of art. It's not about art for art's sake. Mm -hmm. It's about art so we can connect. And then when we connect, now we are not alone. Mm -hmm. And it's something that is apparent, but it's not something that people think about. It's not something I think about. But this conversation just like my mind's going like, oh my gosh, this is interesting because it's about connection. I absolutely agree, man. That that was very well put. I couldn't have put it better myself, you know, like that that's that is like the epitome of art. Like you just said, it's not for the sake of the art. It's not the enjoyment that you get from listening to a song or or looking at a beautiful masterpiece hanging on the wall. It's it's like the sense of awe that you know, this sense of belonging that you that you get as a member of the human race, you know, and and like you said, you just feel you f- you feel more together. You feel less alone. Totally, and it's like uh, it's like our body and our our blood is you know coursing through our veins, mm-hmm. and art is is the and the connection is is like we're creating a blood vessel, you know, and that our art is has a trans has a distribution path, and we are touching others along the way, but. Mm-hmm all together one we're one connection um and so it's there's a lot of things we can go about to so many you know wormholes talking about that but back to new york okay so one of the things that we deal with when we're looking at a huge change in our life Mm -hmm. because we all like to be comfortable we all all of us like mm-hmm. to be comfortable and getting outside of our box is hard mm-hmm. some it's harder for some it's terrifying yeah. Yeah. so so i want to know what made you decide because you're in la dude mm-hmm. la is la a lot yeah. of people know la it's for like music the, mecca, the entertainment mecca of the world right and then you're here but mm-hmm. then you're going to new york so what was the thought process behind that uh it was a couple of things that came into play but um I guess one of the main things is that I've been here for six years. I've given it the old college try, you know. I've done some cool things and stuff. And, um, you know, it's kind of hard to get somewhere if you don't have, like, a a foot in the door or a leg up or something or, like, a little bit of a head start, you know. And um, really, I I just... There's only so far you can get in L.A. if If you're just knocking on doors saying, Hey, I'm a good musician. Can I play here? they'll just laugh at you. You get laughed at, you know? You need representation. You need an agent. You need a manager. And and uh, and I just feel like I've been I've been swimming in circles a little bit for, for the last couple of years here in L.A. because you don't get taken seriously without any of those things, you know? And, and I don't know how you get those things unless you're taken seriously, so it's kind of just like a little catch-22. 
Mm. But um, so that's one of the reasons is, um, you know, just need a new change of setting. I've been here for six years trying it. But another thing is that, um, you know, music and, and my band has been my life. It's what I live for. It is my purpose here. And um, and recently my band kind of fell apart underneath me. So, you know, from forces that I that are out of my control, um, the band kind of came to an end. And faced with the decision of having to, you know, recast the roles of bass player and drummer and start fresh and trying to recapture that 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 chemistry that you get. It's not just learning the, the notes and playing together, like there's a chemistry that you have with, with certain individuals and that's what people enjoy. That's what people latch onto when they're watching you. Not whether or not you're hitting all the notes or playing the song correctly. Mm, makes it's sense. This, it's this kind of uh, this wordless quality, this chemistry. So faced with the daunting task of having to find new members and, and reforge that connection with some with some people, I just decided, you know, it's it's just it's just time for me to try somewhere new, to take take what what I have to offer the universe and 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 uh, and go pedal it somewhere new, you know. Totally, uh, Apollo, my dog back there, mm-hmm. I think really wanted to emphasize that point you were just making. I, I feel like Apollo very much agrees. Yeah, he's definitely wanting to <laughs> to dr- to bring some attention uh-huh. to that specific mm-hmm. topic. <clears throat> Thanks, Apollo. <laughs> <laughs> so now, in in going in moving to New York, there are some obstacles and some uncertainties sure so what about that how are you how are you addressing that well luckily uh, a career in music has has trained me quite well for uh, you know going up against obstacles and and stuff like that and you know I'm no stranger to rejection sort of thing like that so I mean moving out there isn't any scarier than staying here than staying in you know the only thing worse than change is not changing is is staying the same so so um yeah i feel i feel uniquely suited for the challenges that that not only moving to a new city a new place a new state will present but also specifically moving to new york city you know um you said you flew out there because you wanted to check it out yeah see i i flew out there about three weeks ago without any inkling that i would want to move there it wasn't a check out check it out to go move there it was a Hey, I've always wanted to go. I've got some extra cash, and let's make it happen. So I went over there and was just blindsided by this overwhelming emotion that, like, my soul is home. I've never felt that way, probably because I had never been there, you know. <laughs> and I, I, it kind of seemed like some fairy tale stuff when it when it first happened to me. And there's almost no way to describe it. It just is a feeling of like you're home, you know, and. I'm sure other people feel that other places they go, you know, and I guess I'm I'm lucky to feel that now. That's kind of cool. It's it's like falling in love, you know. When you're a kid, you hear all these things about love, and it's romanticized in the movies, and and um, and it's kind of got this this fairy tale quality to it, you know. How do I attain love? Why, can you find it anywhere? You know, how do you do that? And then when you finally do find love, you're just like blown away. And you're just you count yourself lucky to be among the people that get to experience it, you know. So that's kind of how I feel about about this overwhelming desire to move to New York. Do you think that you only live once? Uh, I, I don't. I you know I would elaborate on it, but uh, I do subscribe to numerology a little bit, and uh, I got that from a um, a book about John Lennon's like the last five years of John Lennon's life. While he was in New York City, him and Yoko Ono got really, really into numerology, and just like a quick crash course and stuff. It it's based on um, numbers one through nine, and it's like the cycles, the, the number of lives that you that you come back, the number of times you come back to live a life, and it's like once you reach nine times that you've come back and cycled through, like you've learned you've learned so many things throughout all your lives, and and now you have the chance to like go on into the beyond as opposed to coming, level up coming back around, yeah. And so it's kind of a it's kind of it's it's definitely an Eastern philosophy and one that that I'm not totally, you know, educated on. But as soon as I discovered it, it kind of it kind of spoke to me in a way. Yeah, there's and, things that um, got your attention. So, in a way, I kind of feel like maybe maybe I've lived there in a past life, you know, or, or something about that city spoke to my soul. Like I've been there before, even though I haven't. So, um, so yeah, I, I don't know that I that I believe in the only living once thing. Got it. I, I had to ask because, you know, 
the thing that I was thinking is, well, you only live once, right? You only live once. So mm. you're doing whatever you can to 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 maximize and yeah. optimize that. Yeah, that that kind of philosophy has come into to my reasoning for doing it too. It's you know, um, in the interest of only living once, like why wouldn't you do why why wouldn't any of us do the coolest possible thing we can think of with our lives? Like think of the coolest thing you can do with your time here and then go do that. When that means that's different for everybody. You know? You know what? I think this podcast is over because what you just said doesn't it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> like, okay, it's not over. But but dude, that is a I totally believe that. And if why not do the coolest thing that you can do mm-hmm. and just get your ass off the couch or I'm talking to myself mm-hmm. and do it. Yeah. I, what a great what a great concept. Yeah, and and um you know one of the things, one of the reasons why I think I've been given this chance and, and I have all, the, all this newfound uh, desire to move there is I really just hope to be an inspiration to people to show everybody who knows me or who doesn't, you know, that that the, the impos- their impossible dreams are possible. All you have to do is get up and go do it. You know, find a way, make a way. But it is there for the, for the to reach out and grab it, you know? I, I definitely believe that, mm-hmm. you know. One of the quotes that with all of the trials and tribulations that I've been through in my own personal thing and and something that what you're doing kind of epitomizes that is is dare to dream because that's where it starts to dare because you got to get outside of your comfort level Mm -hmm. dare and then I think there was an acronym like defy all reason enthusiastically that's dare you know dare you gotta like reason would say I'm comfortable. I don't need to move. I have, you know, mm-hmm. but dare pushes you outside of that. Dare to dream. And then it expands your horizon because a lot of times we put ourselves in a box, yeah. little box, little time, t- little nice box and comfortable like that. And taken care of and nothing will ever change. Yeah. yeah. But you know, we're so big. We have such a big playground mm-hmm. that we, there's so many different things to experience and we have such a short time exactly. and you can, take a positive attitude and with that positive attitude you can make miracles happen Absolutely. so anyway so i'm i'm really excited and interested to see what's going to happen in new york yeah man you're telling me <laughs> do you think now could you see so do you have any kind of vision on what is the potential thing that could happen when you move there uh yeah so um i mean really it would just be to to continue uh, dedicating myself full-time to music and throwing myself into it. And I guess the vision, as I see it, is go out there, start busking, find find bars that need that need performers, you know? Did you say busking? Busking, oh, what, sorry. What is for, busking? For, for those who don't know what busking is, it's um, it's when you grab your instrument and you go sit down on the street corner and you play. Ah. You have your little case there open and people tip you. Yeah, that's called busking. And um, I've been doing that, you know, I started that eight years ago or something like that around here and I've done it a lot of cool spots and um like where give me a couple examples of spots that you um, to do that I have done it out on Huntington Beach Pier ooh that'd be cool I have done it uh Ventura Ventura Beach there's a pier up there um where at oh man some some real CD places like outside of an Ontario uh uh 99 cent store (laughs) <laughs> yeah, We're, I've done it outside of a Target, like during Christmas when they came out and they're like, "Hey, you gotta go," and I'm like, "Come on, I'll play you a Christmas song." So yeah, there's lots of adventures in it, and and um, so that's kind of my plan: go out there and, and busk and find some places to play, and I guess ultimately that would lead to me finding a manager, a music manager, someone who who can handle the business side of it, so that I don't have to anymore, so I can just be the artist who creates, you know. Because it does sap some creative juices when you're booking your own shows and booking your own tours and and stuff like that. So um, that would be, I guess, the end game for me. Yeah, I think that the side of your brain that handles operations, numbers, steps, mm-hmm. processes, you know, that kind of thing is on the opposite side of the creative. Because oh, yeah. over here you have like a whole universe that you can play with and over here there's sets of finite rules Mm, Mm -hmm. exactly so yeah if you have somebody that can help you with that i think that'll be better plus ideally you meet somebody that already has 
their distribution network yeah. and then you just kind of plug in and mm-hmm. hopefully that might help mm-hmm. i mean that's the dream right like and then the more re- realistic version is is go out there and and busk and play in bars and get a day job and you know earn money doing something non-musical or maybe working for a, a musical company but not playing music you know and then um and then joining joining somebody's existing group rather than uh, you know, make myself a star, and I'm the star of the show and the center of the whole thing. I can lend my talents to someone who's already got the whole thing. They've got the package. They've got the management. They've got the booking agency. They've got, you know, they've got shows. They've got tours. Now they need a guitar player. They need a singer. Well, hello. You know, here I am. Let's do it. So um, I feel pretty confident. I feel um, I feel very enthusiastic about about my chances. About you know the possibilities seems like you have a, a good mindset going there mm-hmm. i can't remember who says that as long as you don't care who takes the credit like the world is your oyster or oh, anything yeah. I, I i don't know exactly what it, but that's the the basic intent okay. of what they said yeah as long as you don't have to take the credit and you can let other people take credit mm-hmm. your possibilities are endless yeah I, I mean i think that that's actually the case i agree you know <clears throat> so i see that you brought a guitar here i did did bring my is, my trusty guitar. Is there a um, is there a song that you'd like to yeah. either play or I was, throw uh, down? I was thinking about it, and I think uh, maybe "Generation of Change" would probably be a good one. I was gonna ask that. Cool, cool. All right, ready for this thing? So I see you've done that a couple times before. Just a little like, bit. It sounded pretty Just damn good. Just a few good. times, yeah. I'm yeah, and I'm I can't wait to hear what this sounds like because you know the whole studio. We got the whole. Now. Yeah, got the whole setup. So I'm excited. You ready for this one? I'm ready for this one. All right. This so song. yeah, what's it called? And preface it. So this song is uh, it's called Generation of Change, and it's um, I actually recorded it a couple of times. It's on a it's on one of the top shelf EPs. It's on um, what's that one called? Strange Radio, and it's also on um, my solo album that I just recorded last year and put out. So there's a couple of different versions of it, which is kind of cool. You can hear the the little subtle differences. But, uh, so yeah, I'm gonna play this one. It's called Generation to Change.
Dude, I didn't even catch any of it. So um, that it just it flows, man. Thanks, it man. flows. Thank you. And it's funny. It's the Move podcast, and mm-hmm. Move is an acronym. Make a difference in other people's lives. Hell yeah! Offer up your time, talents, and gifts. Mm-hmm. Find victory in the small things. Encourage others. <clears throat> but you know, when you play music, something that you have created, what you just did is you moved me. So it that's beautiful. What yeah, it's that's that's cool, man. And that speaks louder than any words that you can say, it right? It does, man. It really does. Like you can you can talk about a song and give the reasons and why you wrote it and stuff, but nothing really moves someone like when you just play it for them. Yeah. I totally agree, man. Mm-hmm. You can totally feel that. Oh yeah. So that being said, is there any other songs that you like to play that you enjoy that either put you in a certain mood or, you know, anything? Hmm. I didn't uh I didn't think about that like beforehand. Like I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Um What's your favorite song to play? What is my favorite yeah. song to play? It doesn't have to be something that you wrote. What's yeah, your yeah. favorite song? Uh Do you I have think, one. Yeah, me I mean it might be like a John Mayer song or something like that. Like okay. Let, let's try let's try try one. Let's see. Either that one or yeah, let's try this one. It's really over You made you stand You got me crying As was your plan But when my Loneliness is through I'm gonna find Thank you. 
All right, so uh, I'm gonna play this song that I wrote at the beginning of this year. It's actually, uh, it hasn't been recorded yet, it's pretty new. Um, I'm not really sure what I was feeling when I wrote it, but it's another one of those like help humanity sort of things. But um, it's called uh, Apathy Planet uh, or Sound of the Earth. It's got like two names. So um, yeah, it's about the second song I wrote on piano, which is pretty cool because it's, it's got some cool parts to it. So anyway, here we go, without further ado. Apathy Planet.
sit for a second yeah, you know, yeah. before you disrupt the the feeling yeah man <clears throat> that's a that's a pretty song thanks that's a pretty song yeah yeah <laughs> right? so I, like i said i don't know how i was feeling when i wrote that but that's kind of cool kind of ended up nicely you know yeah i'd say i'm just man there's so many things that are happening with your fingers mm-hmm. up and down the piano keys you know and i'm just like how in the hell does he do that <laughs> Dude, it <laughs> blows wrote, my mind didn't you just start playing the piano two not years that ago okay two so years two ago years. this august that's crazy. Yeah. I've had this damn thing for two years and I still can play Mary Had a Little Am. Dang. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, I mean, maybe. It's it's a dope skill, you know? It's it's yeah. something I've always, always, always wanted. To, like, I could always see myself doing it and now I really can. So that's really cool. Do you have anything that you that you really like? Do you have a favorite thing that you play on the piano? Um, yeah. This one here.
think it's gonna be a long, long time. And I think it's gonna be a long, long Awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. I mean, I don't even know what to finish on um, with that. Like, you. I mean, that's what a great freaking ending that is. There's mm -hmm. nothing else that needs to be said. That song was awesome. Thanks, man. Um, <clears throat> I'm glad I got to do that one. Yeah, me too. Because I didn't think I was gonna do covers here. I was like, eh, hey, what's the point? But fuck it. Yeah, you know? exactly. Play, play music. Dude, just play like we music. were just talking about. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Like, so I'm glad. I'm glad I got to do that one in the John Mayer one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dude, you got talent, man. Thank you got you. talent, you got a good mindset. You have the universe, I feel, is going to conspire with you to make things happen. I agree, happen. man, as long as, I'm, as long as I'm bold. What is, it, what right. is the saying? Uh, be bold and, and great forces will come to your aid. So before we leave, we wanted to bring up, so, so what is happening soon that you would like to talk about? Um, my farewell show, my very last show for at least a little while in California. It's happening uh, Thursday, September 23rd at the Viper Room in Hollywood, right on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. It's at 8 p.m. And um, yeah, I'm gonna go and just do a little bit of what I just did. Probably all original songs, because you know, that's, that's how I wanna go out. But um, yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. So September 23rd, Viper yep. Room, Hollywood. Yep. That's a big deal, man. I know, I know. It's coming up in a couple weeks, too, man. It's, you know, it's going to jump on me. And then how long after that are you headed out? Uh, like five days, maybe five or eight days or something like that. Got it. Yeah. And so you said it starts at 8? Yeah, I start, at playing, I start playing right at 8 o'clock, so it's like maybe get there at 7. If you guys want to go, uh, that would be super, super cool. It's, it's going to be, um, like I said, my last show in California for a while. And uh, I'm gonna go up there and give it everything I got, you know. And how long is that gonna last? Uh, the show? Yeah. The show is only gonna be. I'm playing a 30 minute set, so it's gonna be really quick. And then uh, we'll probably hang out, and support the other bands and stuff. And then right across the street is the Rainbow Bar, where I'm gonna do like a little after party sort of thing. Ah, yeah, very yeah, cool. Yeah. So that should be cool. Soak up some Hollywood, you know, right before I get out of here. Yeah, that sounds good, man. Uh -huh. So. If anybody wants to find you specifically, mm -hmm. how can they reach out to you and see uh, your music? I know we talked about mm -hmm. Top Shelf Shake. What about uh, you? The best way to find my music is just looking up Aaron MX, which is my artist name. And um, I'm on Spotify. I'm on uh, Apple Music. I'm on iTunes. You know, I'm on Google Play. I'm on YouTube. So anywhere you find music, you can find me. Um, just look up Aaron MX, and um, usually the first one that comes up. Or you can find um, you can find my Instagram still under Aaron Top Shelf, which is interesting. But uh, yeah, just shoot me a message, you know, give me a follow and follow my journey, you know, as I move move across the country and give this world all I got. I love it, man. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think we covered a lot of stuff. We covered we a lot of ground. We got yeah. some profound stuff. We got some silly stuff. Mm -hmm. Lots of things in between. Yeah. So. Thank you so much for being a guest. Oh, I enjoyed pleasure. it, man. I, you got, you have talent, and like I said, I think a lot of things are pointing in a positive direction for you. I think so, man. So everybody, let's keep paying attention to Aaron. Let's see what happens. And if you're listening, thank you for listening. If you're not, <laughs> then uh, maybe next time. <laughs> but we had a good time today, and if you have any guests that you think might be good for the move podcast let me know and we'll talk to him so you guys have a good day good night good middle of the morning top of the morning wherever the hell you're at whatever the hell you're doing hopefully it's good and we'll catch you on the flip side yeah see you later alligator guys <laughs>